Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Meh. Textual healing. Okay, so last episode we had the Q&A, which was great. Which but was we so got fun. a lot of DMs. Um, no nudes, which I was very upset Wait, about. That's but disappointing. Yeah. It's disappointing because <laughs> I think we asked for that. I don't know if it was that episode or the episode, but whatever. Whatever. We got a lot of DMs in response to two of our responses from the last episode. The first being um, people being upset that we did not understand what final girl meant. So I thought about this actually a lot. And uh, like the next day I was like, I was like, I feel bad we didn't do sufficient research to make sure we knew what that meant before I we started. I did. I looked it up on Urban, um, Urban No, I, I just mean like yeah. before we heard the question. Uh, also like, here's my thing. And I'm probably going to piss a lot of people off by saying this, but the audacity to use uh, the term like final girl in a casual setting and expect <laughs> normal people to understand what you're saying. If you went down the street and you talk to a 44 year old mother of two and you ask her, what's your favorite final girl? She's going to tell you someone at Ralph's or a grocery store mm-hmm, or someone who cuts mm-hmm. her deli meat or something. Mm-hmm. He's not going to talk about a horror movie. So it's a little presumptuous for most people to understand what final girl means. I, I, I think we agree? dated ourselves. I think we dated ourselves by not getting it. I, I think that's. Well, I'm, I'm glad. I like that we got a question that I, was like a that threw us yeah, off I liked and didn't too. know what I it was. I'm glad it. to learn. I am happy to learn. I am not glad about the uh, presumption or the audacity of people getting angry that we did not know. Uh, I I do love that you just compared yourself with a 44 year old pregnant. And I and I'm too. proud too. At the deli counter, cutting meat. She's not going to know what a final girl <laughs> yeah. is. I'm not going yeah. to either. Give yeah. me a sample. Okay. The second response that we got a lot of responses to, which I thought was really, <laughs> it made me laugh out loud. So we were talking about Kegel exercises, you know? That's as right. We, yeah. Ellie, that's we, what Elliot does when he goes to the gym. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We were talking about it as if it was a part of a person's body. It's a, it's a women can do Kegel exercises. <laughs> I know, but we weren't talking about it as if it was an exercise. We were like, it sounded like we were thinking that Kegels were a part of a woman's body. No, I'm well aware that Kegel, <laughs> that women don't, I know that men don't have a Kegel. Women don't have a Kegel. It's a type of exercise that is done for, for women's uh, uh, anatomy. 
Yeah. So Kegel exercises for men can strengthen the pelvic floor. Pelvic muscles. floor. That's yes. That's pelvic uh, got floor. Got it. Got it. Which, Which I the do. Bladder and bowel and affects sexual function. Um, yeah. So if if you Google, do men have Kegels? There, there is. Yeah. There's a picture of Elliot, and they, <laughs> they show him kind of going through the motions of the of the exercises. I no. guess I guess it was just the name. I guess I thought it was the name yeah. of the muscle group that you were exercising. But and ultimately, it's just the exercises that Elliot does most when he goes. To the gym. Okay. <laughs> So that makes sense. So that, that's it. I had to I had to start by clarifying those two things up top. Well, I appreciate that. Alan. We got quite a few DMs, but again, no nudes. Quite a few, and we've lost several listeners as a result. But yes. you know what? You live and you learn. Not if you're the final girl. Wait, she lives. Oh, she lives. Yeah. She, yeah. Lives. Oh, she yeah. lives. She's the one who lives. Oh, oh Alan, you're oh, so out of it. Alan, All right, Elliot, go ahead. Not. Come from me. <laughs> you can start us off, Elliot. Wait, we haven't had any soundboard noises. Oh, well. Um... <laughs> He's unhinged. How dare you? I'm not kidding. <laughs> it's like, Ro- I forget to say last week, it's like Rosie, like, I know Howard Stern, like, started it. But, like, remember when, Ro- that was, like, such a oh, yeah. linchpin of, of Rosie's talk show. Yeah, um, I don't think Howard me. Stern started it. Because I feel, I feel like, you know, DJs were doing it in, like, the 70s, too. Oh, maybe. Yeah, you're probably yeah. right. But Fred brought it to a different level. I'm not going to get into Stern. I'll give Stern credit, but I don't know if he necessarily invented that. Okay, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we need to make that super louder. louder. I know. It does. I'm not yeah, kidding. Yeah, it is quiet. One more it time before quiet. I do the textual okay. healing. I'm oh, not boy. kidding. <laughs> Okay. Or or after the whole people conversation. <laughs> I'm getting horny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that still mm-hmm. makes me laugh mm-hmm. um, every time. All right. Well, so uh, in politics, Ooh. look at this, me talking politics. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> uh, so there's a new bill that's being introduced by uh, rep- uh, Representative Joe Harding, uh, who is a Republican, of course. Um, it's called the Parental Rights and Education Bill. That's getting the name the Don't Say Gay Bill. What what um, state is this, Elliot? Um, oh, my God. I forgot to write this down. I think, <laughs> I think it's Arkansas. It's an Arkansas. No, that's an Arkansas. No, that's where they're was last destroying trans kids' lives. Is right. this Florida or Virginia? Oh, it was Florida. It was Florida because, yeah, they mentioned DeSantis. Yes. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yes, oh, right, you're right, DeSantis. So anyway, um, Harding has introduced this bill. It's called the Parental Rights and Education Bill that would not prohibit students uh, from discussing their families or discussions about LGBT, LGBTQ history. But at the same time, he said the bill would ban schools from introducing, quote, specific curriculum or curse coursework that puts students in a situation where they have to discuss LGBTQ topics. So the idea is like, he's obviously trying to dance around this a lot, but um, it would prohibit discussion of sexual orientation or gender identity in primary grade levels. And obviously, you know, there, there obviously there's plenty to criticize here, um, especially the fact that like it would prevent teachers from talking about just LGBTQ issues in general, but I would say it's clearly being used as a, a way of, 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 uh, sci- of, of keeping, you know, mm-hmm. children from having to deal with uh, progress and like yeah. the real world. Similar to critical race theory, a lot of things that's happening around mm-hmm. critical race theory right now and the sort of uh, rewriting of what historians have been teaching history. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh-huh. they're, they're, they're really trying to have crack down on that, which is, I mean, well, the I, advocates say that, oh, I was gonna say the advocates for it, the people who are for it say that it's about protecting parents' abilities to be in charge of their children's upbringing. Well, then homeschool them. I mean, you know, I, it's like, yeah. you can't, I mean- But it's I also it. like, 
the parents, I mean, I've always thought this, the same with even science and everything, like you let experts be the experts in the things they're experts at. And you don't let parents who are not expert, experts in history or in science or in oftentimes vaccinations, that you don't let them be experts in that field. Of course you can weigh in and stuff, but you would want to be advised by people who do this for a living and know these things. And yeah. it's like, historians are gonna say, shocker there were queer people in history and we need to learn about them well i think well, it's, it's oh sorry brent go ahead please yeah i was just gonna say that like it's just such a i mean uh, we've talked about this on the podcast before but like they this is one issue that you know i think the right it's comfortable i can comfortably say the right wing has lost the culture war on gay rights it's just yeah. it's just kind of in the it's i think i've used this phrase twice now but it's in the rear view mirror and like and overwhelmingly uh, Americans not only support gay marriage, but they also just support like just regular gay existence. And I just find it strange when legislators will bend over backwards to, to, to enact legislation like this, that is so it's like curtailed to like five, 10% of the population that is so aggressively uncomfortable with homosexuality. Right. And it seems to just want to gaslight the, gaslight mm -hmm. uh, those people. Yeah. Yeah, it's but it's just it's just so wildly out of whack with but it's also with how it's most people feel. I, mm. It is wildly out of whack with how most people feel, but they also get a lot of traction, especially when we get complacent because things like what's happening in Arkansas that we talked about last week with trans kids is still a part of this mm. big bigger conversation about how we discuss queer people in the United States and the in the world today in classrooms, in private, you know what I mean? Just how in yeah. how kids are learning these things. And there are a lot of conservative people who are trying to politicize queer identity in a way, any way that they can that gets traction. And well, so they're throwing yeah. the spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Well, this yeah. is also them trying to, I mean, this is very clearly, they're trying to, he's trying to parse out a way of it being, of it gaslighting, you know, homophobes while also you know, kind of uh, uh, digging his heels in to say that it's not homophobic by like, you know, saying that it's, it, it's not going to pro, it won't prohibit students from discussing their families or yeah. discussing, <laughs> discussing discussions about <laughs> this stuff, but the bill would ban schools from introducing curriculum or coursework that puts the kids in a situation where they have to have a discussion. So it's like, wait, what? <laughs> so it's like, yeah. that's why it's like, they're calling it don't say gay because clearly they're just, a, you know, they, they want to make it so that there's no discussion whatsoever, which is so backwards. And it, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's wildly backwards, but it's also like they're not going to stop. It's not this isn't going to be the last bit of it in the country. The bill like well, that. the craziest and part is that the parents who the parents who think that the school district has violated the, the, the measure, they can sue the school district for injunctive relief, damages, attorney fees and court costs. Yeah, they can sue this. They can sue. That would let them sue the school district for like talking about this shit. Yeah, I know. It, it just, it just, it just boggles the mind that like, you know, there's, I mean, there's so much cynicism. I think right now about politics, um, you know, on the eve of me announcing my Senate campaign, uh, so I, I'm not heartened by it. But uh, there's so much cynicism, and I, and I do think like this is an example of like, you know. And, and, and there are some examples, I think, on the left that are maybe also kind of at times egregious where you have one party control in the state and they just they just pursue such outlandish proposals 
that is such a waste. It's just an objective waste of everyone's time. And but this like, yeah, is but at least hate that, them. But that's a but a waste of time is different than a bill that like well, Chastin Buttigieg tweeted to DeSantis, to Governor DeSantis, "You're purposely making your state a harder place for LGBTQ kids to survive in. Now they can't talk to their teachers." He wrote, and he was citing the Trevor Project, a survey from the Trevor Project that found that 42 percent of LGBTQ youth seriously considered suicide last year. Yeah. So even even if it's easy for us as adults to be like, you know, most people are on board with us. Most of that shit is in the rearview mirror. This is mm. archaic. It's not it's the still, case always. It's, it's still not the case. And, and, it, yeah. and it still is like not just meant to be a bill that's a dog whistle. It's like, he's, Chaskin's right. It's like, this could really fuck well, up And think about, kids. I mean, just think about as a queer person, you know, I, you know, us are listening, how in your childhood, how often did you respond to that one adult who was like, kind of accepting who seemed like they were open to you being you and talking about the things you wanted to talk about and you know like me talking about musical theater or elliot talking about the golden girls or brent talking about beheading people we yeah. have those teachers, <laughs> yeah we have those teachers who wanted to listen to us and 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 yeah. they, they were sort of our queer protective sort of blankets in a way and yeah. with this bill it would it would stop that and it's like these kids need that you need yeah. these teachers to be a safe space for communication yeah and, and by the way i mean i think we, it wouldn't, be, wouldn't i wouldn't be going out on a ledge to suggest that they're not teaching like you know this uh uh, uh like sexual like yeah. hypersexual uh you know not talking about like Harvey Milk with a bottom or a top they're right. talking about like what he did in history yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 such oh god it's so ridiculous yeah yeah but this is why it, florida's <laughs> This is why Florida is literally Florida. Miami, Miami. How many <laughs> listeners do we have in Florida? Do we know? I have no idea. Probably a few. <laughs> Look it up. I'm not gonna. Crunch the number. Not even joking. Go ahead, Brent. Excuse me. <laughs> for some reason, whenever I'm starting a segment, I always get a little nervous. Get a little reason. nervous. Um, well, we are joined today, this week, by such a funny talented, good friend of the podcast, John Milheiser. John, how are you? Good. Hi, boys. Hey. <laughs> Got Mae we, West over there. Hey, that's boys. right. That's right. <laughs> we, we, were, uh, we were just chatting before we started recording, and I abruptly cut it off because, you know, save it for the pod. Save John, what is, what is your standard Sunday? What do you do on a Sunday afternoon? Um, Sunday. Well, usually since the pandemic started, I would always teach on Sundays, but I oh. just stopped uh, on Zoom. So like from yeah. 11 to two. And so it was, was always improv, kind of a, right. Like improv. It was like character doing okay. characters oh. and stuff. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> now I stopped that. Now Zoom I have would be my uh, Sunday free. What was that? I said improv by Zoom. Can you imagine that? Like the, the like the slowness on the yes and that horrible. <laughs> Yeah, that, I don't understand how that would work, but yeah. <laughs> have, I, I have a couple friends who've done some improv shows like during the pandemic. Have you done one, John? I haven't done improv, but like, I did like stand shows, up. Yeah. But yeah, and uh, those aren't fun. And They're then I just stand in front of the fun. laptop <laughs> for a very long time until I'm ready to go in. <laughs> I did two stand-up shows via Zoom. I did a bunch of drag shows via Zoom. And oh, neat. I'm okay to never do them again yeah man yeah, yeah. i'm fine i hosted you know i had i hosted a couple of my own and you know 
with with the luck of with the help of the theater dynasty mm-hmm. typewriter mm-hmm. it was good it was helpful but mm-hmm. god damn it is is it just it just sucks it's all <laughs> it's also surprising when like you do a zoom show and you're thinking well in theory it, no one is doing anything right now this is you know obviously i'm talking 2020 now no one is doing anything yeah we're all bored and anyone in the world can watch with the Zoom link. So you assume it's going to be crowded and there's still like fucking eight people watching. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. not that many people. But also, anyone in the world can just see how poor you are. And I don't want that. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, our backdrop. Um, John, well, John, tell us, first of all, thanks for joining us. John is uh, a very talented and successful comedian and mostly improviser and character artist was on SNL. Uh, he appeared on SNL. He was on SNL. And so like, so yeah. So I mean, how, but how, have th- how are things for you, John? I can't complain. I'm uh, good. I'm happy and healthy. Family's all good. Uh, yeah. keep busy, keeping creative. Right. Um, I found that during the pandemic that I'm okay with not doing anything, I discovered that I was able to still like be creative and not get lazy, which I was very happy about. It was, yeah. a, I was able to pass the time. So that was- mm. Are you normally a- like a, cause I, I feel like my default is being lazy. I am a very, I love being lazy. I'm very good at it. I have it on my resume. Are you yeah. like, do you think you're good at being lazy? Like, is that, is that your default? I would like to, I like to be lazy when I've earned it. So like I'll I'll enjoy the laziness more if I knew I uh, had a busy few days ahead of it or something like that. That's not me. It doesn't take. I don't have to work hard. <laughs> I I found as I've gotten older, I feel worse about being lazy, and I I also I can't <laughs> nap anymore. Like period, I can't do it. It's just every time I put my head down on the pillow. When it isn't, you know, eleven o'clock at night, I'm like, shouldn't you be doing something right now, Brent? Like, shouldn't you be up living? And when I are you trying? Nap. When are you taking naps? Well, I, I don't know. I get tired a lot, so <laughs> I mean, I, I I can't nap, but I do lie down lots over the course of the day. I'll say that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm frequently lying down. John, do you nap at all? When I first moved to LA, it was part of the schedule. Uh, Nicole and I, when we first moved here, <laughs> Nicole by. Nicole Byer. Um, yeah, in our apartment, we'd get up at probably 10, do something, and then be like, oh, look at the time, time to nap. <laughs> and <laughs> it was, yeah, it was insane how much we napped and then stayed up late. Yeah, it was just the cycle of things. But yeah. now that I've gotten older it's, and I'm dating someone that's very, and living with them, they're very, oh, uh, wake up early, exercise. Oh, wow. Go to sleep early. Wow. That's a, you know, no, nothing fun. Just that's foreign. (laughs) I, I'm a big napper, but the, the going to bed early and stuff. I mean, I think I'm still on my New York schedule of just sort of just like, yeah, Uh, I loved my New York schedule. I know this thing, but I still, I still get up. I get up earlier than I did in New York. I will say that. I just don't sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, John, are you, cause all right. So John, uh, is very good friends with Nicole Byer and you guys live together for They're years. roommates. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I just moved out in June. Oh, so this wow. was a pandemic relationship you got into. Yeah. What'd wow. you say? Was this like a pandemic relationship? Like it started during or before the pandemic and then you decided to move in after the pandemic? Like how, how did that work? Uh, so Nicole and I lived together for overall 
10 years um, once we moved to LA. But um, I was, I started dating this guy in like 2017. Then once the pandemic happened, he moved in in, with Nicole and I. And then once the pandemic, when we thought it was going to end, like in June, when it was coming to a close, uh, we were like, I think it's time for us to move out, uh, get our own place. So then we did that. And then the pandemic started up again. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. (laughs) It came raging back again. Have you lived Um, with a boyfriend before? Or is this like new to you? Oh, no, this is new to me. Oh, how's it going? Yeah, how's it going? What do you hate? (laughs) What do I hate? I hate that they're always there watching you and seeing you do anything lazy or sloppy or just watching you sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, You know, but uh, during the pandemic, like Nicole and uh, his name's Jackson, they we would separate throughout the day. Like I would go on a hike or do something else and Nicole do her, any, her own thing. And then around seven o'clock, we'd all meet back in. So I know how to be on my own, even though I'm living with somebody. So yeah. oh, that's cute. You guys had like dinner together every night. Yeah, every night. And we'd watch TV and make fun of House Hunters and do all that oh, stuff. Oh, I love House Hunters. So you guys, oh, man. <laughs> also, I mean, was it at the beginning of, I think it was at the very beginning of the pandemic that you guys were doing like drag race paneling panels, oh, yeah. like your own drag race recreations that were, <laughs> Super, super low budge and wonderful. Yeah, that was, I think that was the first week of the pandemic where like, yeah. after a few days, I was like, Nicole, we have to save America. We need to make them laugh. Like, let's do a drag show. Yeah. And so my drag name is Mistakes. Oh, and, I uh, like that. That's a good one. And uh, we, yeah, we sang uh, Dulipa, her song. Right. And, yeah, that was fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There are, there are, I do have a, you know, there's a handful of like good memories you have from like that first year looking back. Uh, Of the pandemic? Yeah. Relationship. No, no, no. Of the pandemic. Like I was just thinking the other day, I'm like, you know, now it's, you know, pretty far in the, in the rear view mirror. And you're like, well, I have, I have some nice memories of that horrific time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't you feel that way or no? I definitely, we did, we did have, we did have a lot of fun. Like uh, we were very lucky that all three of us were living together and we're all funny. So I felt lucky that I had those companions. Yeah. I I mean, even I thought I would feel different about this, this far into everything. But like at the beginning of the pandemic, I would make a joke being like, oh, I'm I now I'm glad I don't like don't need an excuse to say no to people. Like now I can actually (laughs) just say no to people because I don't want to die. Like that's like like a legitimate thing. But even now I thought like I would be like, oh, after all this time, I'm going to miss people. I still don't miss people. Like I'm still fine with people staying as far away from me as possible, which is like, (laughs) no, not the nicest thing to say this far into it. But I want it to go on for like at least another year until I get. No, I, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to be sneezed on again at the grocery store and, and all, <laughs> all the other shit that goes along with like living a regular life. I'm happy. I'm happy to get like colds again if oh. it means not wearing my mask. Like I am, I am, I'm happy to do all those things. What was it like, John? What was it like living with Nicole other than pandemic stuff? Like you guys lived together. For, I mean, ten years is a very a successful roommate ship. Mm-hmm. How? What was that like? It was fun. Lots of bits. Uh, a lot of making fun of TV, um, yeah. <laughs> reality shows and stuff. Um, there in was a beautiful this, home. In a beautiful home, yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, she had a she has a pool, but I w- I'm not a big pool person, so I never yeah, went in the pool. Um, 
she when we were watching TV, if something she missed something, she or she saw something, she'd be like, "Wait, rewind." Oh, that drives that me a, crazy. <laughs> that about a thousand times. So then when I was moving out, I put that on a little dish, and that's where she puts her remotes now. Oh, great! Um, oh. oh, I love oh. the rewind thing. You hate Wait. the rewind, Brent? Oh, it, yeah, it just drives me. I, I hate like breaking up the flow. Oh, I love it. Um, my favorite. Wait, why are you? Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, John, why are you not a pool person? I went in the pool, but I'm just, it's, it's not some, it's not a go-to. I don't feel yeah. the urge. Yeah. I swam when I was younger. I swam in high school and stuff, right. but I don't. I, 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 pools are one of those things where, I, I, you know, the guys and our listeners know I obviously don't, I don't take my shirt off. I haven't done so. In I think that's also it in the back of my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I also, I look at a pool and I'm like, I just don't get how it's fun. I don't get, I don't get it. Like oh my God. a slide is fine. All right. I'll go down a slide a couple times, but that's about it. Like I, I don't, don't get this, how that's like, fun to, to soak and flip and swim and be like an amphibious creature. Just your temperature controlled. It's you pretend you're an amphibious creature when you're in the, like, do you pretend like you're flying when you're in the water, Elliot? Well, I mean, it's so cool to be like, I'm suspended and I'm suspended amid a gravity list. I love it. I love it. It's also truly like it is for me, it's like a full body temperature control. Right. And yeah. they can't literally, they can't see you sweat. So yeah. Right. Yeah, I think I a pool is, a, is a great opportunity for a photo, but that's about it. Like I, yeah, I yeah. Don't, I don't see the appeal, but that's just me. John, are, were you, were you the kind of kid like me? Did you wear a shirt in the pool? I didn't, okay. but yeah. um, yeah, I just, I, I, I don't take my shirt off that much. <laughs> right, right. I am with you, sister. <laughs> I feel the same way. Even, even like, even when I have an evening partner, as Elliot calls them, even when I have an evening partner, I'm mm-hmm. like, the shirt comes off when the lights are off. Yeah. I'm draped in a sheet. And then I kind of like, I cocoon and I remove my shirt and then I get into bed. <laughs> wait, wait, John, I wanted to ask you. So like, now that like, I mean, Hollywood at least is kind of like auditions are happening. Like things are kind of back in the sort of swing as much of a normal swing as we can. Like, what has it been like for you to sort of get back out there with everything you do? Um, getting back out there. I haven't, perf- well, I did perform a standup live and that was fun, but it was outside. Mm-hmm. But audition wise, it's caused a lot of like issues in the relationship doing on tape auditions, um, just at home. And because he didn't, he's not a actor performer. And so he didn't ask for this life, but like <laughs> having, I was like, no, you have to act more. Like you can't just like read the lines dead. Like give me something to react off of. Um, and then, you know, I do it like seven times and like one more time. Okay, one more time. And he's like, yeah, you've yeah. done it one more time, eight times. <laughs> and so then I have to prepare the next time that's coming up. A, like, a, like he sees me looking at a script. He's like, oh, do you have another audition coming up that we did put yourself on tape for? I'm like, yes. Um, but it's gotten easier. But yeah, I've talked to a few people and like that, that has been a thing about like getting in arguments about putting yourself on tape and just doing oh, it wow. over and over. Yeah, it drives me insane. It's also like... I haven't worked that much. I need this. Like I yeah, have to yeah, book yeah. it. Has to be perfect, and it can be perfect because I'm putting myself on tape. So and and, really, and the horror. Oh, sorry, Alan. No, that is really hard. About like especially when they, because I'm sure you'll notice this. I don't know if he'll do this, but my boyfriend does this. Where 
after a while, even though he doesn't act or he doesn't perform in the way that I do, it's like, he'll start giving me suggestions. And then I'm like, <laughs> oh, no. wait, 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 wait. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> wait, 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 let's not go crazy. You're just reading these things right now. <laughs> I also asked him, I was like, well, can I get any feedback? And then he'll give me feedback. I'm like, I don't need feedback. That is so fun. You guys are going to need like a, like a therapist just to kind of like escort you through the auditioning process for the next, yeah. for the next few months. Yeah. Um, so what, what, um, the last thing you were working on was um, drama club, right? Mm-hmm. On what, tell us a little bit about drama club. Uh, drama club was a, uh, like a mockumentary style show, like The Office, but like with the drama, uh, middle school drama club. And then I was the drama teacher. I was on mm-hmm. Nickelodeon and the kids were phenomenal. They got comedic timing, which I didn't think kids could do. So rare yeah. for kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they were so good, so professional. Uh, and their, all their parents were always on set and that was great. Um, and the parents were nice. That's what I was going to say. But uh, they would also like we'd be do we'd be shooting, and then all of a sudden they'd be like, "All right, the kids have to go to school," and then they would go to school for forty five minutes and then come back right, and right, which they're busy and yeah, they yeah, they, would, they, they would learn. go quote to school, which is not learn, which means they would not learn anything for right. forty five minutes and then <laughs> yeah. come back and get paid a ton of money. Are you, are you, uh, I mean, yeah. I I'm whenever I'm around like honest to God children, like children who can like comprehend things. And like, like real children. Like real yeah, children, right. you know what I mean? Like not like children who are like- not robot children. Not dummy ones who like can't talk yet. I'm talking about like yeah, yeah, yeah. real ones who can process what you're saying. I find it, it stresses me out so much because I'm so on guard with anything that I'll just say accidentally. You know what I mean? Like oh my one God. time I made a joke about Trump having long pubic hair and my, my <laughs> nephew heard it. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> But my nephew heard it and then he went and told someone at school that Trump has long pubic hair and then it got back to his brother and it was like a whole thing. Were you, do you ever worry about like when you're on set with children saying something that maybe you shouldn't? Uh, I guess I don't know. I guess I I honestly don't. I've I've had nephews and nieces. dealt with yeah. kids before but yeah i've not i i don't i don't th- i don't think about slipping up because that, yeah. that that's the correct answer john most uh, yeah, people I, don't talk yeah. about pubes in front of children. Uh, i was gonna no. say i'm pretty sure i would imagine that john is even... like a professional adult around no, it's, not even that. it's like cursing around them maybe you're yeah. talking with someone and you're sharing like a crude joke it'd be so funny if john i think i did like say on... shit yeah, like yeah, you know. John's on set, smoke, chain smoking, <laughs> cursing, and that would oh be that would be you'd be a lot cooler if you were. <laughs> you know, it, it's actually it's funny you say that because I think I had this thought recently about myself where I was like, I haven't had one of those moments. You know, like when you were a kid, for instance, when you're a kid and you're not you you of course can swear around your friends, but you can't swear around a teacher, a uh, a parent. Um. And, you know, and you would still fuck up every once in a while and say the wrong thing or say or say something, you know, a little too inappropriate for the birthday party or whatever. And I feel like I haven't had that happen in a while now. Maybe that's a part of adulthood. Mm-hmm. Maybe I finally figured out how to be an adult. Yeah. Uh, you, haven't, you haven't called anybody a cunt by accident. Right. Um, well, John, well, let, let's talk a little bit about your tenure at SNL. What was, yeah. John, you were on it in, I think, 2014? 20, yeah, 2013 to 14. 20, 2013 to 2014. And this, and if you don't mind me saying, you were one of, if, you know, not the first per se, but you were one of the first, like, openly gay cast members. But this was before 
it, like diversity was so in uh, like cool that like you, I, I remember you weren't like, a, like you couldn't be totally out. You were just, a, it was, a, you were allowed to be gay, but like you didn't give a ton of interviews about it, right? No, um, they, when it, when it was announced and they showed all the cast members, they there was on the news or people like were saying like, where's they hired all these white people. And, and so, you know, in the back of my head, I was just like, well, I'm gay. Um, <laughs> but my agent at the time did like, kind of like, kind of push me in the direction of being like, well, let's not be so like outspoken about it or, you know, and like, <laughs> let's keep it to ourselves. Cause he still wasn't sure if Lauren was going to be happy about her if he knew. Uh, um, yeah. So I did just like tread lightly and not, you know, shout out from the rooftops. I, yeah. you know, I did have a friend was like, you should just tell the internet that you're gay and be out yeah. because then they'll keep you. And I was like, I'm not going to play that card, but you know, maybe I should have. <laughs> sure. So like, you did, so you did get to do a, didn't you do a, a dance, you did a dance sketch with Lady Gaga, which is pretty, I mean, I know. that's gotta be pretty remarkable. Like, that's the best thing that's for coming a out. gay cast member to have. Yeah. yeah. That's when you came out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did that sketch. I wrote that sketch and I had it in my back pocket. And then when I heard Gaga was coming to host, I was like, oh, I'm going to give it to her. And so <laughs> I pitched her the idea and then she really liked it. And then she told me, she was like, it's my favorite sketch. And then oh, the wow. night, Great. and then the, the night where we were, uh, like, as the show was going on, uh, right before the camera started, I squeezed her hand. We looked at each other. We did the sketch and it was great. And then afterwards, I turned to her and I was like, by the way, I'm a little monster. She's like, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> that is so, so, so obviously everyone kind of knows the reputation or most people know the reputation of SNL being like, you know, cutthroat and kind of miserable and like mean, like, do you miss it? Is, was it like, was it something that like you had a, a great time and you think the, its reputation isn't deserved or, or are you like, it was a good year, but I'm happy to have moved on. I guess I'm happy to move on. It was kind of like um, a blessing in disguise being because I could see myself just getting stuck there and just thinking like, this is the only thing I wanted to do. But like, I was forced to be like, you have to think of something else. Like you have to grow from this. So, yeah. you know, I started writing and doing things that I never thought I could do before. Yeah. And, you know, met people I would not have met if I was still on the show. So it's just life's yeah. worked out very nicely. Yeah. Um, and it was when I, was first cast on the show I did see that there was a lot of new cast members I was like oh we're not all gonna stick around I'm sure <laughs> so <laughs> I like right from the get-go it's just like well I'm gonna enjoy the time while I have here and get every single family member in get all my friends that I grew up with like have them come to a show yeah. and so like yeah. that was like a top focus of mine throughout the season it was just like I need to get more people in here to experience right. this with me yeah. <laughs> it's, it's you're, actually you're practicing I was saying you're practicing mindfulness like better than I think most people do in their day-to-day -day life. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's funny you say that because I, I kind of do, you know, this industry can obviously be feast or famine. And I've started started embracing when I do have a good year or like a, a good, I'm like, all right, I actually will tell people about what's going on in my life. Yeah. So that when I'm miserable and depressed in two years and like, I, they can understand like, well, he at least has good years, you know, occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's also this like constant like obsession with staying active or staying on top or staying like right. in like the chatter about things. And it's just like, 
you don't need to be in that mode all the time. It's okay right. to have six, eight months to like not have people talking about you. It's fine. <laughs> like, right. yeah, everything's okay. Right. John, do you but, want to tell us about any projects that you're working on now? Um, it's not really any projects. I'm just writing, um, mm -hmm. shot a commercial. Whoa, exciting. That was fun. Um, yeah, I can't, I guess I can't tell you what the commercial is, but I was very excited. My mom was like, oh, I'm going to see your face like every, oh, all the time, lot. every day. <laughs> and then I get to set and they're like, so we're going to sit you in the makeup chair for four hours and put all these prosthetics all over your face. I was like, oh, my oh God. wow, perfect. Oh, wow. <laughs> so many, like little hints about what it could be. Your mother's excited and it has prosthetics. Yeah. All state. It's all state, isn't it? Go on. Go on. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's great. Well, John, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you on, where can people look you up on the internet? At John Milheiser on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> I guess at John Milheiser on Twitter. Right. <laughs> Does anyone still use that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just did a, I just tweeted something I think is pretty funny. Hold on, okay, let me get good. my glasses. And do, no, you link, uh, do you link to your OnlyFans page on your Twitter as well? Yes. Or, so if okay. you want to see me Great. naked, just go to my Twitter. Right. Perfect. And you have 25% um, off. So. My recent tweet is when I, when a teen says something stupid, I go, okay, euphoria. So if you want more of that kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, well that is so perfect, much, John. John. Thank you so much for joining us. It was so good to see you. Good to see you guys. And another thing. So an article sort of went viral in the queer world. Even Elliot shared it to us, which um, infuriated Brent because it was another website called something ambiguous. It, it, no, it's queer. them. It's they, them. They, which, to, which to Brent they, is very ambiguous. It is not, <laughs> it's not like CNN.com. Um, I, I only go to GeoCities websites, but yes, continue. <laughs> yeah. And there was an article on it uh, by, ooh, Garrett Schlick. Slick, I can't say. Oh, um, you and it's, son it, of a bitch. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> and you it was called Why Don't We Kiss Our Gay Friends More? And it, it okay, I it was a very well written article. I will say that. Sure. It was funny in parts. It did scream like someone who lives in San Francisco. It just yeah. it that San Francisco vibe. If you've never been to San Francisco, it's just imagine hearing someone talk and you're like, I think I agree, but also I don't want to be with you. You know what I mean? Like it has that sort of that vibe. No offense to anyone who lives in San Francisco listening, but sometimes yeah. you're weird. Um, and But weird in a good, positive way that I love. But this article was about uh, sort of queer friendships and, and some really great quotes in it. Like the whole point of being gay is that we get to make up our own rules. We get to hug and kiss and touch our friends as long as they want us to and erase the lines and not blur them, which I fully agree. I think there is this sort of, transactional relationship that queer people have in friendships that sometimes doesn't necessarily have to fit within the box that straight friendships mm. often are. And I think that's a good thing. But this article goes so far as to say that we should be kissing our friends um, or, <laughs> and, 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 and the, the writer and it, talks about there's no Yeah. There's nothing wrong with kissing your friends on the mouth. If you're both comfortable with that. Yeah. Yeah, sure. But this article goes at, at into a point of, if we're gonna be intimate about talking about our sex lives and you know sharing the the sexual experiences or going to sex parties together or like living that sort of uh, heightened queer identity that some of us do, then we should feel comfortable 
kissing each other in a sort of an intimate romantic way or holding each other. Holding each other, cuddling. And now, okay, here's the thing. Cuddling with each other? Yeah, I don't ever want to cuddle with either of you, nor do I want to kiss. Oh, you son of a bitch. How dare you, (laughs) son of a bitch. He's on (laughs) hand. Can you you believe? Oh, sorry, Alan, go ahead. But I will say that it, it it has less to do with that I wouldn't do that with a friend because I find with especially a lot of drag friends of mine like if we're out with friends I will I will often hold hands with a, a drag queen friend or I'll like sometimes I like to do like a a, a weird little thing where like someone's saying something and I want to get the message to my friend. So I'll like grab their hand and like squeeze it in sort of like a fun cutesy way just to get them to sure. know, like, I'm feeling something in this moment and we need to talk about what's happening right now. Yeah. And there are those intimate exchanges that I have with friends, but I, I, the whole kissing thing, I don't think I would rather since you guys a nude before I would kiss you. Yeah. That, you it's, it's, it's fine. Have, and you, yes. By the way, we have seen you naked. Yes. It's, I couldn't agree. And, and, and let me say, you know, if someone wants to kiss their friends as I roll my eyes, like to each their own, I, I have, I have no objection to it at all, but I guess like, so just like, what is the limitation to like, why should you have to be intimate with your friends? Like, why does friendship have to involve intimacy? And I, like, that's where I think, like, the well, hippie sexual part. Sexual intimacy, I think. Sexual right? intimacy, yeah, we yeah. We are yeah. intimate with each other. We, yeah, we cry together, yeah, yeah, we yes. hug. You know, there's there's that level of intimacy. Yeah, of yeah. Alan doesn't like it when we cry, but um, don't. oddly oddly puts the kibosh on it very quickly. But uh, Man up, bitch. But, like, but it's just, it's such a weird, it, I think it's, like, very, um, hippie and like and like left-leaning culture right now to be like any amount of like se- you know physical sexual intimacy is good and should never be it, it, no one should ever object and if you do you are slut shaming or whatever whatever objection whatever ridiculous objection they have and i'm just like i don't understand why i i need to kiss my friends on the mouth when i see them to yeah. build a stronger relationship i just don't get it what does that contribute to a relation, to a friendship, which is, which I mean, friendships are so, uh, like nine, solely emotional intimacy, right? I, you know? I, I get, I get, I, I, I don't do it, but I get why some people, I, yeah. queer people, I get why they do it. I get that it's like, look, no one, no one, ha, no, we don't get to have, be, uh, uh, we shouldn't be labeled or, or, um, or, or told we, that it's we, wrong. We shouldn't or... be told that it's wrong. We shouldn't have to resist and we shouldn't have to basically act out any sort of toxically masculine ideal yes. about like not being intimate with our friends, not doing what we don't want to do with them. So I've yeah. always understood the like kiss on the lips, the kiss on the cheeks. I just personally am like, nah, I don't, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't yeah. need it. And so I always find it funny when somebody like a, a gay person like expects to like kiss me on the lips or something or kiss me on the cheek. <laughs> and I, I guess it, it's just kind of like funny to me. I don't know. I'm, I, yeah. I I don't, I don't, I just don't want to. It's more like I'm fully on board with people wanting this and having friendships like this. And I'm fully on board about the, you know, having the loosening of boundaries and queer relationships. I think that is very healthy and normal and good. That said, I also want it to be a safe space for me to think it's weird. Like I want, (laughs) right, exactly. That's exactly it. I want the freedom to not be judged (laughs) for me being like, ugh. But yeah. good on yeah. you. No, I mean, no judgment. I mean, I am judging, yes. But like, yeah. no judgment and like, I don't want you to not do that. You know what I mean? I've always, yeah. And I've always thought too that like, there's no reason to, um, 
there's no reason to like bulk at it. I, you know, I, it's, yeah. I, I'm not weirded out by it or anything, but I've always thought to myself in those situations, I immediately re- realized that I don't know what it says about me. I don't know what it says about you guys, but I'm like my closest gay, like my closest gay male friends and I would literally never kiss we would on never the lips do that. or the cheeks. It's just I, funny. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not, I don't know if it's a good thing or it's not a judgment. It's just like, well, no, and that's the thing. Like I, I never like have. There is, <laughs> we, we, we would be more prone to like seeing each other naked in, in a, in a sexual space, even before we would ever make out. Can you imagine going, can you imagine going to, you know, Barbies? we've watched, we've got, you know, we've watched a couple uh, episodes of Drag Race together, and can you imagine going to Elliot's apartment to watch Drag Race and spooning <laughs> while the show was on? It's just, it just, it, to me, it's just so wild. Yeah. But I, 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 then again, maybe that's me. Like, maybe I just have a more conservative approach towards physical intimacy, and I don't like being touched, and, yeah. and so I don't want to be touched by people say, who, you know. Anyway. Garrett made a good point towards the end of their article where. Um, they said we, and in parentheses, you, me, society, the women of the view, Freud, whoever, sexualized touch. We do sexualized touch. True. We yes. romanticize sex to the point that we become this sort of like crazy, it's everything is linked to something with sex to the point where we've been indoctrinated into that boring straight edict of like, yeah. we're something every single time someone yes. touches us. And that I, I understand. That. I get it. I get that. Like yeah. I, I don't whenever I hug a friend or if I touch a friend's hand or if I put my hand around someone's waist, it's not because I'm flirting with No, them. it's because that's our relationship. The, and the relationship to that, any type of touching, especially between men, would inherent, could inherently be, quote, could essentially like at least threaten sexuality. Yeah. And so I think there is definitely some sort of like, whether it's hetero, whether it's like heteronormative, whether it's homophobic, yeah. You know, it's easy to get to that place. But I also want to say, too, that if I don't know if you guys remember, but a couple of years ago when Queer Eye, the new Queer Eye debuted, there was a there were they started putting up posters. Alan's favorite. <laughs> they started putting up posters and billboards and stuff. And there was one that like took my breath away uh, where the guys were. I'm going to send it to you, but uh, the viewers, can't, the listeners obviously can't see it, but they might be familiar with it. It's like all five of them shirtless and they're like hugging and they're wearing pants, but they're hugging and they're like in a, like a group, like a sort of like a, a collective. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, so, yeah. oh, um, it's, it was, but it's super, it's a recreation of like the supermodel photo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like a, like a vanity fair. It was the vanity thing. fair cover. Yeah. Right. But I was, but I didn't know that it was referencing anything. I just thought it was like in, I didn't think there was any context to it. And I was just like, God, that is so not for me. Like that is just that the pile of friends, shirtless friends, like, like stroking each other. I was like, that is the last thing I want. Maybe the other reason and, 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 you know, correct me if I'm, you know, maybe my approach to sexuality is is to Laura Ingalls Wilder, but, um, (laughs) uh, but like, I think one of the reasons I've had a visceral reaction against like friends kissing is because I do think in the gay community, there are fewer barriers to 
like having sex with your friends. Uh, not that mm. this doesn't also happen in the straight community, but I feel like I've certainly been a part of conversations where people will be like, you don't fuck your friends. And I'm right. like, no, <laughs> right. I don't. I don't fuck my friends. Or a lot of male friendships, queer male friendships start because there was a sexual interaction. That's very sure. typical. Yeah, that's, yes. that's, yes, absolutely. That as well. But that and, is and, so true. And there's, not, there's nothing wrong with that, but like, for again, uh, uh, this is the way maybe my psyche is built, but like, I, I compartmentalize attraction. And like when someone is a friend, like they are just like in a different echelon in my brain. Do they and ever that's, that's been like, the same way my entire life. So they never shift. You've never had a moment where, cause I mean, I've, I've experienced this. I, I had a friend recently who I was texting with about this very thing where they had feelings for, they thought they had feelings for a friend, but then they let it pass and they realized it was, you know, just, a, a moment of sort of being vulnerable that they thought they had sure. this to a friend. Like you've never had that shift in a friendship where you're like, Oh wait, is this, is there something is like a spark there? Uh, you know, there were a couple people in New York that I feel like it shifted a little bit kind of one way or the, I mean, I remember one friend in particular, me, uh, right. Uh, Alan, uh, whenever we, I would get really drunk around them. I, we would always get oh, a me. little flirty, um, but very casually, but I mean, yes. Yeah, so it's happened a couple times, but not very much. And I've never had a relationship like build out of something like I that. I can tell that Brent was never into me because when we would be at a bar and he would get really drunk, cause you do like you would pre-party beforehand. Then you get yeah. the one drink at the bar that was really strong. <laughs> right. and, and then you would, you would sip that drink and then you would disappear <laughs> for like a half hour because you had to do a round to yeah, look where, where do you go? <laughs> Where'd he go? Where'd he go? And you realize you're nothing. You're yeah. nothing. You don't want you. <laughs> what would your aunt say? Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard today? I once kissed a girl. I could taste her cherry chapstick. <laughs> wow. And I didn't like it. Oh my God. <laughs> a pop culture reference for Brent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a 2008 pop culture reference <laughs> right. for Brent. My Aunt Joanne would say, how many times did Brent say rearview mirror? Uh, oh, <laughs> how dare you? And the answer is two. Two, yes, the answer out is out of order. <laughs> how about Aunt Anne? My Aunt Anne would say, your Uncle Ray once wanted me to kiss my friend, but then I said... He's unhinged! <laughs> True! <laughs> he is! <laughs> oh, God. All right, well, thanks for listening. I'm Elliot Glazer. I am H. Allen Scott. And I am Brent. Don't ever, ever <laughs> kiss me. Sullivan. Don't ever touch me. Don't touch me. Don't... How dare you touch <laughs> me? Son of a bitch. <laughs>